With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and joining me today for our final picks episode of the 2020 season is my coach, Charlie. And this is actually, not only is it our final picks episode of 2020, it's actually our final episode overall of 2020, as this year is oh so mercifully about to end. Charlie, got any big New Year's plans? No. No? You're not a New Year's kind of person, are you? I can't stay up that late. Is that really? Because I don't think, as long as I've known you, I don't remember like ever doing anything with you on New Year's. Gone out a few years, but really, I don't win. I don't remember. Eh. I mean, not with me. No, I mean, see, most people, most people love New Year's. It's like a party time. Well, actually, I just answered my own question. New Year's is fun. It's it's party time, and you are. How can I put this nicely? Not so much of a party animal, right? Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. Not your thing. You're usually like I I I don't know if we mentioned this on the show before. I'm not allowed to text you after like seven o'clock. Because you might or might not be awake. That's a little ridiculous. Not no, I don't, seven. I never text like you after nine. No, I never text you after like maybe like maybe eight o'clock. Maybe. And usually then it's like, oh my god, am I gonna get in trouble? No. Usually. Nine. So no plans for New Year's? Well, I mean no. There's a pandemic. Yeah, but you people are still gonna do things. Like that's Yeah, but I just don't really care about New Year's. Yeah. I'm not a big New Year's guy either, to be honest with you. It's fun for me like when we're at a bowl site and it's like New Year's Eve, like last year, like in New Orleans for New Year's Eve. That's great. That's fun. But like just out and about, it's not that big of a deal. But I hope everyone has a great time. If you do something, be yeah. safe, be smart. I'm happy New well. Year, everyone. Yeah. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Hopefully 2021 will bring some sense of normalcy and we'll hopefully get our lives back in some way, shape or form. But all right, let's get on to the picks, the last picks of the year. And all is going to be decided with today's picks. Charlie and I were tied in the straight-up standings coming into bowl week. Charlie was five games back against the spread. We already made our pre-New Year's games picks in part one of our bowl picks. You can go check that out. And today we are picking the rest of the slate, including the big ones, the playoff semifinals, the Rose Bowl, which will actually be played in Dallas this year, and the Sugar Bowl. And, of course, the Peach Bowl matchup with Cincinnati. Got eight games we are picking today. But let's actually start by going back to our first batch of bowl picks earlier in the week. I don't know how many of you caught the end of the Peach Bowl preview episode that I did a couple days ago, but like an hour after we made our pre-New Year Bowls picks, news hit the wires that, oh, I don't know, every single one of Florida's starting wide receivers and tight ends, including, we knew Kyle Pitts was going to be out, but then we found out that Canarius Tony was going to be out, then Javon Grimes, and Jeff Copeland, literally every one of their starting receivers and tight ends, is going to be out for Wednesday's Cotton Bowl. I did not know that when I made my initial pick. I thought it was just going to be Kyle Pitts. And so, yeah, now I have absolutely no confidence that Florida will win that game. 
but I also want everything to be on the up and up. So that game has officially not happened yet. It's 4.42 on the day of the Cotton Bowl. So Charlie, I want to get this officially. I want to get this for everyone to hear so no one thinks that I'm trying to cheat you or pull a fast one on anyone. Do I officially have your permission to change my pick to Oklahoma for the Cotton Bowl? Sure, but if it was me asking to change my pick, you probably wouldn't be as willing. I would be so much more gracious. I, w- I wouldn't mm. even think a second about it. I don't think so, but no, what? that's fine. Are you challenging my I integrity? I Oklahoma first anyways. Yeah, but I, I stand by my initial pick. I think Florida would outscore Oklahoma if all their players were playing. It, it, well, it sans Kyle Pitts. I knew he wasn't going to play. But without them, like Florida, my entire basis for picking Florida was that they were going to outscore Oklahoma. I don't see how that's going to happen now when Kyle Trask has essentially none of his normal weapon, weapons to throw to. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll stick with Florida if you want me to. I'm not trying to pull a fast one, anybody. I it's fine. I know. I just want to make sure everyone out there knows that I have your blessing to make that change. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very gracious, very kind. But let's go ahead and get to today's picks. we got we got better games to pick today. So where are we going to start? All right, we're going to start with a Citrus Bowl where Auburn will take on number 14, Northwestern, who's favored by three and a half. These are two programs heading in different directions. Gus Malzahn, gone. Out the Hot door. seat finally got the best of him. Northwestern just won the Big Ten West for the second time in three years, so they are motivated and doing well. However, Northwestern will be without some key contributors, including cornerback Greg Newsom and Leota as their sack leader, but Auburn doesn't have a head coach. Who's the interim? Kevin Steele, the guy Kevin that Steele. the yeah. boosters were trying to That's maneuver right. to get the head coaching job, but he did get the coaching job. He'll probably stay on as he was a coordinator. It's just a totally weird situation. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going with Northwestern to win and cover. So Malzahn being out, is that big of a deal for you? I just don't think Auburn's that good. They're not that good, but how good is Northwestern? Like, I know they played Ohio State close, but... But bowl games comes down to who's motivated. Oftentimes it does. That's true. It's, it's all... Yeah, I mean, it's always a crapshoot with the bowl games. And yeah, you're right. So, I mean, bowl games are tricky these days. All bowl games. doesn't matter, especially with all the opt-outs. But bowl games involving teams whose coach just got fired, like, those games are especially tricky. It's hard to know which way to go. Because you're right, Charlie. Is Auburn going to have any motivation whatsoever to win this game? It's, it's hard to answer that. But I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't think, like, just because Malzahn isn't coaching this game, I don't think that should automatically disqualify Auburn from potentially winning this game. We don't know how motivated Auburn will be, sure. And, and you have to, yeah, you have to imagine this game is more important to Northwestern. Sure. I mean, Auburn plays in games like this almost on an annual basis in, in bowl season. Northwestern, like, this is, I mean, I know it's not a New Year's Six game, but it's still a big game for Northwestern football program. But let me think back to what was it, 2015, Charlie? We played Penn State in the Gator Bowl after Mark Rick had been fired, and we found a way to win that. So it's not unprecedented for teams without their head coach to find a way to dig deep and win games in, in bowl season. It's not unprecedented. It doesn't always happen, but it can happen. So I don't want to completely just disqualify Auburn. And when you're looking at these two teams, Northwesterners, they're good on defense. Like At least statistically, they're good on defense. But when you watch them play, yeah, they're good, but it's more about like being smart, disciplined, well-coached, that kind of thing. They're not especially athletic, and that's fine. You can get away with that against teams like Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue because those teams aren't overly athletic in, in terms of how they structure their offense. But I just watched Ohio State a couple weeks ago run for 400 yards on this Northwestern defense, 
in the Big Ten title game. Trey Sermon, Ohio State's running back, broke like all sorts of records. He broke the, I think it was not just the Big Ten championship, championship game rushing record. I think it was a rushing record for all championship games of any kind for any conference. He broke the Ohio State single game rushing record, breaking Eddie George's record. I mean, they got, I don't say embarrassed by Ohio State because Ohio State only put up 22 points. That's large because Justin Fields didn't play all that well. But they got, I mean, they ran all over Northwestern. And, and sure, Justin Fields and his ability to run the ball was part of that rushing success, opening holes for Sherman and that whole, whole nine yards. But I think Auburn can pose somewhat of a similar threat. Tank Bigsby. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if Bigsby is going to play. It's kind of up in the air. There's no hard word out there. Like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I don't really know. So in a lot of ways, this pick is kind of dependent upon, like, does Bigsby actually play? But for the purposes of this pick, since I haven't heard officially that he's not going to play, let's say for argument's sake that he's going to play. And I think he's better than, I know he's better than Trey Sermon. And, and while Bo Nix doesn't have, like, Justin Fields level athleticism, he can absolutely move. I mean, I've told you guys for a year and a half now that that's the best part of his game is him moving, him using his legs. Auburn does not have Anthony Schwartz in this game. Uh, but Northwestern, obviously, as Charlie mentioned, also doesn't have Greg Newsom, their top cornerback. Their second league wide receiver opted out. Their sack leader opted out. So both teams are going to be without some key players. And I, I just think Auburn can attack Northwestern in a, in a similar way to how Ohio State did using their athletes in space. I don't love this pick. Again, it's just like, is Tank Bigsby going to play? We don't know how motivated will Auburn be. We don't really know. But I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to take Auburn to pull the slight upset and beat Northwestern in Orlando, which, Charlie, I know has a special place in your heart. You love Orlando. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the armpit of America. It's well, not true. Well, I'm sorry anyone who lives in Orlando. Uh, that's not true. Armpit Orlando, of America? It's just there's nothing there. Disney World? Land? No, like two? What is the is, stadium. Is it water like, land? I have no idea. Well, how is that any different? I was a kid. Yeah, I don't. It's one of the Disney's is there. Universal is there. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. There's nothing around the Citrus Bowl. Right, that's what I'm talking but, about. But how is it any different than Atlanta? There's nothing around I agree. the Mercedes Benz. I know. I know. You're right. The Citrus Bowl is kind of out there and it's like not a great neighborhood. Like, if, is it, if you want to run, it's great because it's flat there. It's very flat. It's a lot of interstate. It's a lot of interstate. Walking to the stadium, like, you go through not the nicest area. And you're right. There's like there's a hot dog vendor. I remember like, I remember vividly getting a hot dog last time we were there. I think we was it 2008 or nine against Michigan State. I think it was the, it was the 2009 Capital One Bowl. I think it was the last time I went there. This is Matthew Stafford's last game, I believe. Yeah, I remember eating like a hot dog outside the stand, outside the stadium. I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> what fun this Great is. Time. Again, yeah. Orlando, not my favorite. But anyways, all right. We have the Gator Bowl, where number 23 NC State is taking on Kentucky, who's favored by two and a half. It's one of the stranger lines of the bowl season, with NC State being eight and three and Kentucky being four and six. However, Kentucky is favored by two and a half in this one. It's weird, right? Like yeah. I don't understand that line. There's no um, significant number of opt-outs on either side of this game. of this game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, this one doesn't really intrigue me, but anyways, I, even though the line is so. Close. It's weird. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just weird. I don't I just don't understand how Kentucky is favored in this game. I don't get. It. I've watched uh, Kentucky play yeah. all year and I don't understand it. I'm going with NC State. All right, so this game the Gator Bowl is played in Jacksonville. Another oh, great. Yeah, city. so I'm, I got to ask you, Orlando or Jacksonville? If you if gone to your head, you had to pick one. Jacksonville. Or, why Jacksonville? Really? I'm surprised you. Because you can at least sit by the water, like a real body of water, not like Disneyland. In in like, January. Yeah. 
You're going to go sit by the water in January in Jacksonville? It's nice down there. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I, the only time I've been in Jacksonville, I guess I was there for the Gator Bowl in 2015. I mean, there's a chance that it I don't know. Orlando, cool, Orlando's got a way better downtown. No not Yes, way better area like than downtown Jacksonville. And if you got kids, Disney World, Land, whatever it is, Universal Studios, not my cup of tea, but kids love that kind of thing. They can ride the teacups. They can ride the teacups. <laughs> Sorry. Look out of the teacups. Out of tea. Are they, do they still have the teacups there? Do you know? I don't know. I'll ask my Yeah, nieces. right. You go back on like a oh, biannual no. basis. I haven't been there you? since I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. terrified of the aliens. You're one of those people ride. that goes there alone in your mid thirties. <laughs> no, I don't have <laughs> annually. I'm not smart enough to know how to like get the correct pass or even buy a ticket. Probably. I have no idea. I, mean, I, I could figure it out, but as of, like right now, I haven't been to Disney World since I was a kid, so I have no idea like what it's like, what you have to do, like what are the but right. I have no clue. I'm yeah. sure a lot of our listeners have kids. I know my I have nieces that go to Disney World. They love it, and I, I mean for kids it'd probably be awesome. But I just like I don't have kids, so to me it does not hold anything special whatsoever. And I have no idea what's going on with Disney World. Anyway, so this one's in Jacksonville. Like like we said, I don't get this line. I really don't. Like I just I feel like I'm missing something here. Like I actually like I want to put money on this game legitimately because I think NC State is going to beat Kentucky. But like it's one of those games where like you see these lines. Okay, what does Vegas know that I? Don't know. So I've been searching all week for what I'm missing. Like, is there somebody that's not playing this game for NC State that I don't know about? Like, is there something going down? I haven't found anything. It's just, it's a weird line. I'm not saying NC State is great, but I mean, they're pretty good. I've watched them play a couple times this year. And, and, and more than that, it's just Kentucky's not good at all. Like, they're just not good. I mean, Kentucky's 117th nationally in total offense. Yeah, the Kentucky defense is a little bit better than the NC State offense, but not by all that much. And sure, like Bailey Hockman at, at quarterback for NC State, I mean, he's not especially good at quarterback. He wasn't supposed to be their starter. Uh, Devin Leary, their starter, got hurt, but he's far better than Terry Wilson. I mean, Terry Wilson's a flat-out liability. Both teams have, have a good stable of running backs. I will say Kentucky has a better offensive line. But again, like I just go back to the quarterback position. Hockman's not great. But I trust him a lot more than I trust Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson is just an absolute liability at that position. So I'm sure I'm missing something here. I'm sure there's something I'm missing here. I mean, watching this game, like beating my head against the wall, like what did you do picking NC State? But I think to me, like this is almost like my lock of of the bowl season. I think NC State is going to beat Kentucky. I'm thinking NC State to win. I mean, win win straight up. I mean, just yeah, outright upset here. I, I I don't see how Kentucky wins this game. They can't move the ball. I picked NC State too. Yeah, I just I don't yeah. know. It's All weird. Right. It's a weird one. I can't I can't wrap, wrap my head around this one. All right, next up, the Outback Bowl with Ole Miss playing number eleven Indiana, who's favored by eight and a half. Indiana is currently six and one, and Ole Miss is four and five, which is a better record than I thought they would have, quite honestly. But you know, Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin magic. They're, they were a little bit better than that. I think they would have had a better. I think they would have beaten LSU if they hadn't had some of the opt outs and injuries in that final game. Yeah. Indiana got left out of the New Year's Six Bowls in favor of a three-loss Iowa State team. So this is one of those games where it depends on how they come out of the gates. Are they going to be motivated to play and prove a point? Or are they going to pout like we did in 2018 in the Sugar Bowl when we got left out of the playoffs? Yeah, that wasn't a good look. That wasn't, no, yeah. It's always a, always a danger a team acts that yeah. way. Ole Miss is going to be without their top two receivers and potentially their top running back who left their regular season finale against LSU with an injury. I'm going with Indiana to win this one, but Ole Miss to cover. I'm going to go back to something you said. So this is an Indiana team with one loss. Only loss was to Ohio State on the road by a touchdown. Played really well in that game. And they get left out of the New Year's Six. 
in favor of a six. What'd you say? Yes, was it six and three or, th- yeah. or, a th- or whatever? A three loss three Iowa loss State team. How? What do you make of that? Is that was, was that the right move by the by the playoff committee? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by anything the playoff committee does. I just and I look. I get yeah. Ohio State they pl- or Iowa State they played in their conference championship. Indiana did not, but it's like well, it's not Indiana's fault that Ohio State is in their division, and that's the only game that they lost. I don't know. I, I think I'm not saying Indiana is necessarily better than than Iowa State, but in terms of like who earned it, I think Indiana should probably got that spot. I really, I mean, I, I know that Iowa State had a, a win against Oklahoma in the regular season, and that's a better win than anything Indiana had. I get that. They also lost three times. They lost Louisiana by a, a, basically three touchdowns at home. I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad for Indiana, and there's a chance that they could come out completely flat. But you got Tom Allen. You've seen Tom Allen all year. Just every like, after every single game in the locker room, you've seen this guy like going crazy, screaming. He's he's a guy that can get his team motivated. So if there's there's got to be some hope for them in that regard. And Ole Miss also has been decimated by opt outs and COVID issues. Earlier this week, I think it was Monday. Lane Kim was talking about like, man, I, like we're in bad shape. Like we are we are in rough shape right now. I don't know how we're gonna field a team. Elijah Moore, we know he already opted out. Kenny Yaboa, their tight end already opted out. Braylon Sanders was their top receiver going into the game against LSU a couple weeks ago after Elijah Moore opted out, but he got hurt in that game. We don't know for sure if he's going to play. Jerion Ely, you mentioned, top running back. He got hurt in the LSU game. We don't know if he's going to play. So, yeah, if Ole Miss was completely healthy in this game, had all the, access to all their players, I would pick Ole Miss to win this game. But that's just not reality. Um, and, and Indiana, like, look, Indiana's like, – I was talking though, saying they should probably be in the cultural playoff based on their record, or not the cultural playoff, be, be in the New Year's Six based off their record. But like when you watch the play, they're not that great on offense. They're 95th nationally in total offense, average only 358 yards per game. But Ole Miss is so stunningly bad on defense, guys. I, I know you know they're bad, but I don't know if everyone knows they're this bad. This is right now on track to be the worst defense in the SEC since at least 2008, which is as far back as I can go on CFBstats.com. It's as far back as they go. It's the worst defense since at least 2008 in this conference. Um, and, and like Ole Miss, like when they've won games, they've been able to outscore teams with all the injuries, all the opt-outs. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do that against a pretty good Indiana defense that does a really awesome job of pressuring the quarterback. They're top 10 nationally in sacks. I'm not overly confident in this game because Ole Miss can put up points. Indiana does struggle to score. Michael Penix is not playing this game. Jack Tuttle, their backup, is, is going to play in this game. I'm not super confident in it, but Ole Miss' defense is so bad. I don't know how they're going to outscore anybody with all the players missing. So let's go Indiana to win this game. And, yeah, let's go cover the 6.5 as well. All right. The upset over USC in the Pac-12 title game earned number 25 Oregon a date in the Fiesta Bowl against 10th-ranked Iowa State. The Cyclones are making their first New Year's six appearance and are the four-and-a-half-point favorite. There doesn't seem to be any opt-outs on either side. Um, well, that have at least been made. Yeah, that I've heard, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't have much to say about this one. I'm going to go with Oregon in this it's matchup. It's an underwhelming New Year's six game, right? Oregon was – they weren't as good as people thought they'd be coming this year. Yeah, they only lost two games. They only played six games. And you got Iowa State who lost three games. That's kind of an underwhelming New Year's six matchup. Oregon has the more talented roster, but football's a game of matchups, guys. And I, and I think this is a really good matchup for Iowa State. Oregon's defense has really been the problem for them this year. And it's more so been against the run than anything else. That's where their issues have been. Yeah, they held USC uh, to like under 30 yards rushing, I believe. But USC rushes for under 100 yards a game and were without their best running back in that game. It's, it's, it's a... 
air raid offense. I mean, that's that's what they were. They don't run the ball very much at all. So I don't know how much you can put into that. I watched Stanford and Oregon State run for season highs against Oregon. I watched UCLA go for almost 275 yards on the ground against against Oregon. And that's what Ohio State does. They run the football. They have the Big 12's leading rusher in Brees Hall. They run a lot of 13 personnel, get three tight ends on the field, and they can create some serious matchup issues with that personnel. And, and the Oregon offense on their side, like they were good to start the year. They're averaging 492 yards a game through the first four games, but they've really kind of regressed down to 305 yards per game over the last two. Yeah, they won the Pac-12 like, over USC, but man, like they, that was really more on USC than it was on Oregon. Oregon is really struggling to put up yards and points in that game. I think Iowa State is a big game for them, even though they did not win the Big 12 title. This is still a big game for them. It's their first appearance in the New Year's Six. They want to win this football game. I think it, I think it means more to them. I like the matchup with their run game against the uh, Oregon rush defense that's really struggled on the year. So I'm going to go Iowa State to win and cover the four and a half in the Fiesta Bowl. All right. And one of the best games of New Year's Day, we have the Orange Bowl with number five, Texas A&M, as a seven-point favorite, taking on number 13, UNC. Texas A&M will enter the Orange Bowl with um, UNC in a spot where Georgia Bulldogs fans know all too well as the first runner-up left out of the playoffs. So will we see a motivated A&M team ready to make a point, or will they be disinterested and just go through the motions like we did in 2018 against Texas? It's very much a possibility. It's an interesting matchup between one of the top offenses in the country versus one of the top defenses in the country. I'm going with UNC in this one. Is it because you're concerned about the A&M motivation factor, like being left out? Because we've seen that up close. Like we, We know how that works. Yeah. UNC, like this, I was really excited for this game when it was announced. I, I knew this game was coming once a and was not going to make the playoffs. But I don't know how excited I am about this one anymore because UNC, there's too many of their best players have opted out of this game. I think like, there's been no public declarations from A&M about guys not playing in this game, opting out. This means somebody won't opt out, but we haven't heard anything public going into this game. But we do know that North Carolina is going to be about their two top rushers. I mean, I think two of the best running backs in all of America this year. Their leading wide receiver and their top linebacker. All those guys are out in this game. I mean, if you look at their two top rushers, Carter and Williams, and their leading receiver, De'Ami Brown, that those three guys account for 66% of North Carolina, North Carolina's offensive yards from scrimmage this year. That is a tough loss for a team that relies on being explosive offensively. And like you mentioned, Charlie, we have like we've seen the two extremes ourselves with a, with a team that's disappointed being left out of the uh, the the, the college football playoff coming in at number five, the first runner up to be left out. Like we've seen that story, but kind of looking at this game, reading the tea leaves, reading between the lines, I lean a lot more towards this being a motivated A and M team by virtue of the fact that they at least publicly don't have any guys opting out. Their seniors are talking about how they owe it to A and M to come back and, and win this game. I think they're going to be motivated to make a point that they should have been in the college football playoff. We'll see how that works out. I can't guarantee that's how they're going to come out playing this game. But I just I don't know how North Carolina's defense is not very good. A&M's offense isn't very good either. But North Carolina to win games has relied on just outscoring people. And with a lot without, I mean, 66% of their offensive production is out, not playing in this game. AM's defense is really good. So because of that, I'm gonna go with AM to win this game and cover the seven points. I think AM wins this one pretty easily. All right, next up we have the Rose Bowl, which will be played in Dallas. I'm not sure either of the semifinal games are going to be interesting. Are they, like, I don't think I want to watch this one. What, what semifinal game has really been good other than the Rose Bowl? Right. 
in 2017. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. Most of them are not great. All right. Well, after getting smacked around by Clemson in the ACC title game, Notre Dame was able to sneak into the playoffs, where they will now face number one Alabama, and they are going to get torched. They're the huh. Irish are a 20 point underdog in the Rose Bowl. Actually, no, I did pick Bama to win with Notre Dame to cover, but I just feel like it's going to be like, you know. So you think they're going to win by like 17? Yes. Red Instead of 20. Bama's yeah. going to win by like 17. Which could be the case, yes. But that, hey, they'll still cover, right? And Bama will be saving I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I, like Alabama's going to win this game, but I am extraordinarily tempted. Like, I've been playing around for about two weeks. Since, basically, since this line came out, I've been toying around with putting like my money where my mouth is and putting money on Notre Dame to cover this. I mean, 20 points is a lot. I might buy a couple extra points but if, if I can get up to 23 or 20. I've been, actually been waiting for this line to go to 21 so I can buy three points and get Notre Dame plus 24. Because I, I think I think Notre Dame covers this, this spread. I don't think they win. I think Alabama's going to win the game. But I think Notre Dame can cover. And here's why. Like, Notre Dame, they're still a top 20 defense. I know it was not a great look last time out against Clemson, but it's still a top 20 defense. Probably the second best defense Alabama has faced outside of, of our game against Bama. I guess you could throw Texas A&M in there, but that was early in the season. I don't think A&M's defense was playing at that level at that time. I also think that Notre Dame is highly motivated. It seemed like when they beat Clemson at home earlier in the year, they kind of gotten that big game monkey off their back, right? Like forever, what the, the, the knock on Notre Dame was they can't beat the good teams. They can't win the big games. It seemed like they got that off their back, but then that monkey jumped right back on their back uh, when they got blown out in the ACC title game by Clemson. So I think they were highly motivated to prove that, no, like we can actually play with these teams. And Notre Dame, like they're not great on offense. They're a yard and a half per play behind Alabama. But I do think they're better than they get credit for. They're, they're still borderline top 20 nationally in total offense. Ian Book is not dynamic at quarterback. He's not. And they don't have dynamic wideouts. They just don't. But they run the ball very well. And I think this Bama team can be run on. I go back. I know it was months ago now. But we had a chance to run on Bama. And I don't think we ran the ball as much as we should have in that game, especially with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. We kind of got away from that because we were running the ball with a lot of success against Alabama. And Notre Dame has been a better rushing team throughout the season than we have been. I mean, we've been good, but they've been better, actually. So I think that Notre Dame might make this a closer game than some would think with how they're going to attack Alabama's defense and create matchups with 12 personnel. I love their tight ends, Michael Mayer, Tommy Trimble. They can create some matchup problems for Alabama. I think they can run the football on them. I think Notre Dame plays well in this game, better than they did against Clemson in the ACC title game. I think Alabama wins this game. There's too much talent there. They're too explosive offensively. But I think Notre Dame will put up a fight and at least cover the 20. Maybe by, like you said, maybe by 17 when it's all said and done. But I think they're going to cover the 20. All right. Next up, we have the Sugar Bowl with number three, Ohio State, taking on number two, Clemson. Clemson is favored by seven and a half. Um, this is a rematch from the 2019 college football playoff semifinal game. And this is what I'm talking yay, about with the college football playoffs. exciting. Like, yeah, we've seen this well, before. they could have Clemson and Notre Dame playing again. I, I, I get that. I'm just saying, like, expand the playoffs. Like, we don't need the same teams just dominating the playoffs year in, year out. It's just, it's tiresome yeah. at this point. Well, of course, this game features the likely top two quarterbacks that will be taken in the upcoming draft, but... They're two very talented teams beyond just the quarterback position. Um, I don't think Ohio State's that great. We've only seen them six times. Well, define not great. Like, they're their good. Their defense is not – but I don't know. I just, their defense is suspect, They're not yes. as good as they've been in the past. I agree with that, yes. So, I'm going with Clemson to win and cover. I am totally with you. Uh, I think Clemson actually I – th- I think they might roll in this game. I just don't even care to watch or talk about that game. Could you see Clemson rolling them in this game? Yes. I, I, I think Clemson, now that they're healthy, Lawrence is back, I think – 
they're playing at a higher level than they did in the middle of the season when they lost to Notre Dame. I think Clemson might roll in this game. I could be totally wrong there. I just had this feeling of watching these two teams play down the stretch of the season. I think Clemson's just playing at a higher level, and I think they might dominate Ohio State. I, I would be okay with that, wouldn't you? Like, I don't, I don't like either team, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm just not sure how good Ohio State is. I, they're good. They're really talented. But are they as good as the other three teams in the college football playoff? I, I don't know. I, I know Notre Dame got the four seed, Ohio State got the three. I think, I think Notre Dame is better than Ohio State. I think Notre Dame played Ohio State, they would win that game. I think Notre Dame is slightly better than Ohio State. Yeah, but I, I, I think I'm slightly a, sure. I think one and two are clearly above three and four. So should we just go back to the old BCS and have number one versus number two, get rid of the playoffs? This year probably would have worked better. But yeah. I Would have had the same result. We know as, Clemson and Alabama are going to play. I think that's the strongest likelihood. Yeah. Only if we know that, but I think that's the overwhelmingly strong likelihood. Well, of course we don't know it. It hasn't yeah, happened it hasn't yet. happened But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you're going to bet on something happening, sure. I'm pretty sure that's You bet on those happen. two teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So yeah, I, I and look, guys, I know I'm, I'm probably gonna lose some. We're gonna lose some listeners, Charlie. This is on me. I'm sorry for saying this, but I know there are still a lot of Justin Fields fans. Let's just say that in the Georgia fan base, I know you're out there. Um, and look, he is super gifted, and I'm with you. I wish he was on our team right now. Yes, I still wish he was on our team, but that doesn't mean he's perfect. He's not. When he's really good, super gifted, talented, whole nine yards, really good player. Done a great job at Ohio State. I wish he was still our quarterback. Yes, all that. But when you watch the guy play, when everything around him is perfect and the pocket is clean, his wide receivers are running wide open, yeah, he'll hurt you because he's really talented, really gifted. But when things break down, he still panics. He goes like all, like almost all Jarrett Guarantano-like on you. And he'll, he'll make some horrifically bad decisions. We saw that against Indiana, letting them back in that game. We saw that against Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. I mean, they were essentially, Ryan Day, who likes to throw the football, Late in that game, from about the mid, midway of the third quarter all the way to the end of that game, they were almost just not calling pass plays. Was every time they, they called a pass play to drop back to throw the football, Justin Fields was making a horrible decision and sometimes catastrophically bad decisions for them and hurting them. So I don't know. Like Justin Fields is, yes, good. But if you can pressure him, if you can create havoc, you can force him into some bad decisions. When things are kind of crumbling around him, he starts to falter a little bit. And the thing is, this Clemson defense will get after you. They are second nationally in sacks. They have an elite defensive front. I mean, they are just loaded along the defensive front with freshmen like Miles Murphy, Brian Brees. We've got Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle, Xavier Thomas, KJ Henry. Each of those guys on their own can create havoc in the backfield. When you got all of them out there on the same defensive line, that is a nightmare for opposing offenses, especially an offense with a guy like Justin Fields, as talented as he is, that when the pocket breaks down, he starts to make some questionable decisions. And I think this, you're right, Charlie, I think this Ohio State defense can be had. I will say Clemson's offense, like they're not as dynamic at wide receiver as they have been in years past. They like Powell is good. Mar Rogers is good, but those guys are not Justin Ross and T Higgins. They're not that level of receivers. They're good. They're just not that, but they're still really good. And they do feature the the guy at quarterback is going to be the number one, almost certainly number one overall pick, likely the Jacksonville Jaguars now, lucky them. Um, and also, let's not forget, he hasn't had the best season in his career, 
But Travis Etienne is still the all-time leading rusher in ACC history, and I think if they can move the ball well against this Ohio State defense, I think he has had some issues against the better offenses that they have faced this year. So yeah, I not only do I think Clemson's going to win, I think there's a chance they could absolutely roll Ohio State. I can't guarantee that, but I'm still going to take Clemson to win and also cover the 7.5. All right, and finally, I know that the Peach Bowl is actually the first New Year's Day game to kick off, but we're saving the best for last, as always. Is it the best for last? <laughs> with number 9 UGA taking on the number 8 Cincinnati Bearcats, and the dogs are favored by 7. Cincinnati enters the Peach Bowl as a top-ranked group of 5 team, and this has been a tricky spot for Power 5 teams against highly motivated group of 5 teams. Remember, it was just three years ago that we saw Auburn go down to UCF excuse me, in this very game. The dogs are more talented, which we all know, but with all the opt-outs, will they be focused and ready to play this game? I don't know. We'll get your take in a minute. I'm going with UGA to win and cover. That's not what you have in the... That is I not, changed oh, it. Oh, you changed it. Okay, all right. I won't see, see, see how... See, listeners? He, no, got, he got very angry there I just not, for a split second. I, I thought you might have I misspoke. I pick. I thought you might have misspoke. No, I am... More than happy to allow you to change that pig. Of course. There, there By all means. There's some sarcasm in that. No. Now you're I just, smiling. I, I just, I, no, I just looked at her earlier in the day. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get one over on her. Yeah, and no. It's all right. He got yeah. very angry because he saw he didn't know that I changed my pick. I didn't. No Listeners, such thing. I told you it would not no be thing. as willing no to such let thing. someone no. change a pick. No, you are welcome to change whatever pick you want to change up until the time they kick off. I will allow it. But anyway, we absolutely should win this football game. I'm with you there, Charlie, and I think that we will. I know, I know, like we know the talk, guys. The, the talk is Cincinnati, yeah, they have the motivational edge. This is uh, what, maybe the biggest game in their program's history. Our guys are going to be motivated to play a group of five team on New Year's Day, at noon on New Year's Day. And maybe they do have the motivational edge. Sure, maybe. But I just, I don't think our guys are going to be flat. Maybe they'll be a little bit more motivated than us, sure. But I don't think our guys are going to come out flat like they did against Texas in the 2018 Sugar Bowl. I think Kirby straightened out a lot of that last year. He learned from that. And I think a lot of the guys, it's it's good to see that a lot of the guys that could have opted out are still playing. Guys like Tyson Campbell, guys potentially like Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis might or might not come back. We don't know. But he could have gone pro, could have opted out. Richard LeCount could have just said, all right, see you guys, I'm done. From all accounts, we don't know if he's going to fully play or how much he's going to play, but he's out there practicing, doing everything he can to get back Mark Webb uh, has announced that he's going to play in this game, although he hasn't been out there practicing, so it's kind of a weird situation there. Azizo Jalari, those guys could have all opted out, but I think the fact that a lot of those guys are going to still play in this game, I think that speaks volumes about where this locker room is and the motivation to win this football game. And Cincinnati, guys, like I told you, going back to the Scout the Enemy episode last week, they're a good team. They deserve our respect. We need to respect this team. Our players need to, and I'm sure that they will. But... I just like the matchup. Not only are we the more talented team, clearly, but I like the matchup here. Cincinnati, as I told you guys on the, the Peach Bowl preview episode, which you can still listen to if you have not had a chance to check that out, if you want a little bit more of a breakdown on this game. But they want to run the football. That is the foundation of what they do on offense. But that's great. Cool. We just happen to have the best rush defense in the country. Jordan Davis, the big nose guard, who is the key to our rush defense, he's back. He's playing in this game. And sure, no one has been able to hold their run game in check yet. That's true. No one in their conference has been able to. But we're also the biggest defensive challenge they will have faced all year. And if we can hold their run game in check, which I think that we have a really good shot of doing, we've basically done that to every team we played this year. If we can hold their run game in check, 
I have seen no evidence to suggest that quarterback Desmond Ritter can sit there and consistently beat us from the pocket. They have good good weapons outside, but will those windows close up and uh, be a little tighter when the run game isn't working? I think so. I, I've been pretty good overall against the spread this year. I'm, I'm hitting at about a 60-ish percent rate against the spread, but I have been ridiculously off. Got to admit it, when picking our games against the spread, I have not been able to figure us out all year long against the spread. But not only do I think that we win this game, not only do I think the matchup is good enough for us to, to come out with a victory in the Peach Bowl, I think we're also going to cover the seven. I think there's a good chance we win this game by double digits. Maybe not over like a complete blowout, not, maybe not like a 20, 30-point win, but I think a nice, comfortable double-digit win in this game. We're more talented. I like the matchups here. I think our guys are motivated enough to kind of counteract any edge, any psychological edge that Cincinnati may possibly have coming to the game. So yeah, I, I like the dogs to win this game. I've, I wasn't so sure when this game was initially announced, but I've grown more and more to like this pick as the as the game is drawn closer. So yeah, give me the dogs to win, and hopefully I'll end this on the on the on the right note. Actually get our spread pick correct for once in my life. I have not done that. Like, I, 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 sure, Charlie, have I hit one all year, George against the spread? I don't know. I probably, I might've got like one or two, right? I just have not been able to, to get it right when it comes to us against the spread this year. I've kind of been all over the place with that. But this game, I feel pretty confident with. So I'm gonna go dogs to win and dogs to cover the seven as well. But uh, all right, Charlie, that's it, right? That's it. That's it. All right, guys. Well, uh, this will decide it all. We'll be back next week and we'll let you know the results of our year-long picks challenge. It's been a lot of fun, Charlie. It's been a lot of fun to do this each and every week. You're looking at me like, oh my God, I just want to get out of here right now. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, just talking football, we love doing this. I know like these shows, we talk a lot of games outside of the realm of Georgia football, but it's because we love college football and we like to just talk football in general. So we've had fun with it, guys. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks for being with us all year. And we'll come back next week and uh, officially announce that I have won the <laughs> picks challenge. No, we'll see. It's totally up for grabs right now. We'll see. It's okay if you win. See, I don't like that attitude. You play to win the game. It's also for fun. No, you play to win the game. No one wants to listen to you lecture me. You play to win the game. Fine. All right, let's get out of here. Charlie, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, for Charlie, I'm Tyler. Enjoy your final football, college football weekend of the year. We'll be back next week with you guys. So the season's over doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. So make sure to check back next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, go dogs.